welcome to the Business Brainwave Show with Renata Jute, where we will look at ways to optimize your business. So, September month is Trust Month at Noble Prosperity, and I'm so excited to introduce and bring to you Fear Funder Spey from Trustees as my guest. I didn't uh, interview with Fear that stretched uh, over quite a period of time, and uh, I then broke up that interview into several uh, smaller podcasts, and I will be bringing those podcasts to you during the month of September. So if you are interested in all things trusts, and you want to know how trusts are affected by the taxes and the law and what the master has to say about trusts, then stick around. Make sure that you pick up on all the podcasts during the month of September where Fear Funder Spay from Trustees will be my guest. Yes. Okay, next question. Income versus taxable income. I think we did touch slightly on that when we spoke about tax deductible expenses. But let's look at the difference between income and taxable income. Again, I'm handing over to you, Fia. Yeah, so um, SARS has a whole sequence that you actually follow. It's a recipe and you need to make sure you kind of take it from the top. So you would start um, with income and then SARS has exempt income, for example, uh, dividends, and that you would exclude then from that calculation. You're not going to pay tax on that. And then you end up with, with, um, with income. And then you actually have your uh, deductible expenses. And only after that, you end up with what is the taxable amount, the taxable income in the trust. Now, remember, we've already now dished out income and in some instances, expenditures to the donor, the funders, the beneficiaries. So again, very important that you can account as to how you arrive at the amounts. And as I said, every asset is almost treated as a silo. So be very mindful kind of how you allocate, how you portion. Um, what is your reasoning for portioning your, your general expenditures? You know, and then when you look at the tax return, you, you would see that um, because SARS treats you know, each uh, asset as a little silo, you, know, you need to balance back to kind of the overall income uh, uh, and uh, income taxable income position after you've actually completed, you know, every little silo on its own. So, um, yeah, very important. It's just a recipe that you follow and uh, you need to understand kind of what is included, what's excluded, uh, you know, what has been distributed, what has been attributed to the funders, uh, donors, and then you're going to end up with a taxable income in the trust being the taxpayer of last resort. Thanks, Via. And I think it's also important here to remember that although it is not seen as a taxable income, if I extend a loan to my trust, so when I say my trust, a trust where I'm a trustee or a beneficiary, so Renata um, loans money to the trust, let's say a million rand. Although the million rand in the trust is not a taxable income, that will result in a tax liability 
for me as Renata if I am not charging interest when Section 7C, in other words, will apply. So sometimes we also need to look further than just is it a taxable income or a non-taxable income? We need to see how the money got there. So again, I can go back to my historical case studies and fear. I am sure that over the years you've experienced the same. So I've had in the past uh, people come to me, they are trustees of a trust, and they will say to me, well, they have purchased a property. And I go, wonderful, congratulations. I wish you many happy years in this property. And I've got on my one hand an asset. Now I need to know how did we fund this property? And the answer comes, no, it was donations. And I go, no problem. What I need then is I need your tax number, your ID, your proof of residence. And then, of course, if you've done the donation, we've bought a 2 million rand property for argument's sake. If you've bought this 2 million rand property, then we need to pay donations tax. No, 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 not so fast, they say. It wasn't donations from me. It was various donations. And then I go, really? Okay, no problem. Now I need the tax numbers, the ID numbers, the proof of residence, and the IT144 donation forms for each and every donation received in this trust. Because remember, I now have an asset on the one hand, and on the other hand, I need to prove to SARS how we paid for this asset. No, 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 this is not possible. We cannot get all this information. So you do understand that we cannot hide money in a trust. It is not our personal little vault where we can go and hide things. Contrary to popular belief, if you want to note donations in your trust, you need to have the right paperwork. If you want to note loan accounts in the trust, you need to have the right documents. All these things are underpinned by resolutions, a resolution where we acknowledge receipt and acceptance of either said donation or loan. There will be either an IT144 form from SARS to accept and note the donation or a loan agreement if it is a loan. And then um, the various backing documents for the lender or the donor, such as IDs, proof of residence, or the FICA, the tax numbers. And those things will be submitted to SARS. So you cannot just say, well, the trust got it somewhere. You need to declare where the trust got it from. This is just my personal experience over many years. Fia, I'm sure you've experienced some of these little um, wizard moves as well. Yes, absolutely. I think, um, you know, you often see that almost people can't distinguish between themselves and the trust. And as you rightly say, they don't think about the debits and credits, you know. So a trust must be treated as a 100% as separate entity. So you can almost think about it as a company, you know. So how you would have gotten, you know, your assets into a company, there would also, you know, be a sale agreement or a donation. So it is exactly the same, you know. And I think people kind of forget that uh, that is how it ought to be treated. And, you know, with uh, SARS's magnifying glass, I think it's really, really important, you know, to do your homework before you actually you know, transfer that property into the trust because there's costs involved. You know, it's very difficult to undo things that haven't you know, been thought through properly. And uh, you know, 
where you may end up with wasted costs because section 7c there which is a discussion on its own you know has certain implications and you almost pay death uh, taxes in advance so it's got a big cash flow implication because you pay it annually and uh, you know from a time value of money perspective you know if you are still very young and your life expectancy you know are many years you know it may not make sense anymore to move a paid up asset that is something that you already owned it was included in your estate you know to start moving that across the trust now so there's a lot of planning that you have to do before you even think about um you know registering a trust or moving assets into an existing trust agreed agreed Thanks for listening to this episode of Business Brainwaves. For more Business Brainwaves, please visit my website nobleprosperity.co.za, follow me on Facebook, or connect with me on LinkedIn. For easy access, the links are posted below.